Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Dave, how's it going? Oh, uh, not so good. Why don't you tell everybody out there in internet land what to do? Uh, well, you should listen to your parents. Um, I mean, pertaining to the show. Oh, go on the line. Mm -hmm. Uh, sixunseemlyquestions.gov right. Okay, unseemlyquestions.com, please. Uh, and six unseemly on all social media. And also rate and review on iTunes. Let's get started with the show. Six Unseemly Questions! Welcome to Six Unseemly Questions. I'm your host, Victor Bernardo. This is my sidekick, Dave Rosensky. Welcome to the show. We have a great contestant on the show today. Elizabeth Meggs, hi, how are you? I am ready to be eviscerated. I'm in the hot seat now. You are excited. Uh, in the studio audience, we have Nick Layton. Thank you so much for coming. And uh, Minuin Hart, thank you as well for coming. All right, uh, Rachel also back there on the wheels of steel. Don't forget about Rachel. All right, uh, so uh, let me explain how the show works, Elizabeth, and then we're going to get started. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you six unseemly questions. And at the end of each question, uh, I will ring a bell if I like your answer, like this. Or if I do not like your answer, I will not ring a bell, and I will tell you why. Uh, at the end of the show, depending on whether or not I like your appearance on the show, I will give you $5, or maybe I won't. Ooh. Who knows? But this is what sure. it looks like. It's $5. It's uh, legal tender. It's all about the Abe Lincoln's, to exchange for goods and services. Uh, but uh, <laughs> let's get started, shall we? All right. Question number one. Is art important? Is art important? Absolutely. Think about what the world would be like without art. It would be like, you know, a world full of rats, but no art. Rats? A world full of tar, but with the word art. Have you thought this through? <laughs> Well, I, I mean, absolutely. I'm a visual artist. So yes. I'm going to say we have to have art. Can you, it would be so shocking to be in a world without all the nude paintings. Yeah. All can the nude paintings. There'd just be nude rats. Yeah, just nude rats. Well, can you point to a, can you point to a point where art was important in a, in a situation or yeah. an exchange somehow? Point to a point in point history? To, point to an event or uh, any any time when art was actually important? Like when it was actually important? Yes. Hmm. I'm going to go with cave paintings. Cave paintings. Cave wow. men. You know what? Started out. Keep going. Okay. Um, <laughs> so actually, cave paintings. Yeah. Drawings of buffaloes, things like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. There was a function to them that helped man survive. Right. Um, because arrowheads were found in cave walls. So yeah. cave people were, we think they were practicing for the hunt. Mm. Um, target practice, um, getting riled up, that kind of thing. So if if that hadn't happened, humankind could have died. So really, the survival of humanity uh, really hinges on this cave painting. What I about, think that was a bell well earned. What about <laughs> space paintings in the future? In the do, those, do they matter? I, I don't space know. Space paintings? Absolutely, yeah. I think especially done with lasers, holograms. But I would like it in the multiverse so we can have... 
like multi-dimensional things, four dimensions, five dimensions. So you're saying lasers are now art? Do you mean by astronauts on the space station? Yeah, is that what you meant? That's what I thought you meant. <laughs> Ah, well, we're getting a little bit off the subject, okay. but I will say it was a great answer. Uh, but before we go into question bad. number two, I'd like you to tell everybody out there what you do. I'm a painter. I make oil paintings. Um, you can find me on Instagram at at Meg's Paintings, M-E-G-G-S-P-A-I-N-T-I-N-G-S, or at Elizabeth Meggs, E-L-I-Z-A-B-E-T-H-M-E-G-G-S. Uh, great. <laughs> Time for question number two. Here it is, very simple. Have you ever been on a podcast before? I have been on a podcast before, an author named George Saroy, who writes a series of books mm -hmm. called Excelsior. Mm -hmm. We were friends in high school. We were in drama class together. Um, his books are a lot of fantasy and all of that. And, um, I, you know, he asked me to be on his podcast. He asked me all about doing artwork. Um, Did you say no? I said yes. It was exciting. Oh. George Saroy, um, you should check out his books if you like fantasy, sci-fi, adventure. That so what? So what was it? What was the name of his podcast? It's Excelsior. Excelsior. So it's dot, about. Not, <laughs> dot com. It, I think it's like realizing your Excelsior spirit, your challenge. Like, how did you, like, it's like pulling the sword out of the stone. Wait, did I? I, I maybe I misheard. So the podcast is called Excelsior, and the novels are also called Excelsior. Yeah, it's all sort of his. his ah, thing. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Okay. So, and George Soroy. Because you seem super enthusiastic. I, I'm not. This is like low key. Yeah, you're fired negative up. Negative mode. You are fired <laughs> up. I like it. <laughs> what does that know? Wow. I like Elizabeth. I like too. Victor Varnado. <laughs> yes. Are you saying it? Victor Varnado. <laughs> That's me. That's right. Say say Dave's name. Dave. Dave. It's Dave. That's the <laughs> accurate pronunciation. That's wonderful. David. All right. So it's time for question number three. Okay. What is your biggest obstacle to dating? Biggest obstacle to dating. You know. I guess it would be what is your biggest obstacle in dating? In dating. Um, I've never had an American boyfriend before. And so I think there must be some disconnect between me and American men. American men, I love you. What's happening? Usually, <laughs> usually when Put a guy out there. would say that they have a girlfriend in Canada, that means she doesn't exist. <laughs> Is that what you do? I think uh, that was I, just a lie because no one could ever verify it. Right? You're you're. There's no way to verify. There's no way. There's to no verify. way to tell if you. But have you say so you 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 dated mostly men who were. A foreign in some way. Yeah. Or in all ways, I guess. A Mexican boyfriend, a uh -huh. Canadian boyfriend, a Bulgarian boyfriend. So you did have a Canadian boyfriend. I did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> wink, wink. Oh, well, why do you think that is? I mean, it could just did they be, speak it English? could be an anomaly. Yeah, yes. Okay. Um, it did could you just communicate be an by, like, pointing to stuff because of the language barriers? Um... Like, through the language ugh. of dance mostly dance works but um you know if i had to guess what it was uh just it could just be an anomaly just a coincidence or it, it could, could be, be a glitch in the matrix it could be a glitch in the matrix um i've noticed that um here would be an anecdote in my personal experience and i'm sure not all american men are like this this would be like my experience an american guy would send me a text at 11:30 and say the text would say, hey, I'm at Creek and Cave Bar, period. Mm -hmm. And I would get the text and be like, are you inviting me to join you there? And there would be nothing. But then 
um, the guys I've dated from other countries, they'll like call me on a Monday and they like do the whole romance thing. Like, mm -hmm. hi Elizabeth, I'd love to take you to dinner on Friday. Um, I'm planning a picnic on a sailboat. We'll watch the sunset. Can I pick you up at eight o'clock? It's it, like a concrete plan. It sounds like the foreign guys have had training from Nick Layton. I think so. They have the <laughs> etiquette. It's the etiquette, the romance card, the romance game. The sailboat. Yeah. Well, it's about following through. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. It's about f d following, following through, through. too. Well, I, I long I've long maintained that mm -hmm. people who are not interested don't make an effort. Okay. And people that are interested make an effort. Well, I love American men. Maybe they just don't love me. I well, I, I <laughs> maybe they do. I don't know. It's hard to say. I do. I, I follow that kind of rule too. Like if I if if I'm trying to. Uh, if I'm trying to meet with somebody and say they they tell me that they're not available, if they don't reciprocate by saying, but I'm available at this time, then I just leave it alone. Okay. You do the same thing for you, Minuin? Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, what? So I'm sorry, go on. Yeah, I agree. So. All right. Uh, this is a spirited. This, did you get all three bells so far? You did. That was yes, your third yes, yes. bell in a row. All right. Okay. So it's time for question number four. Challenge me. I will okay. I will wow. see what I can do. Uh, where were you during 9-11? On September 11th, well, I was in my apartment, but I, mm -hmm. my workplace was in Lower Manhattan, 60 feet from the World Trade Center. Um, oh. I was an evening receptionist at, at one of the banks. I was like starving artist. Um, it was a summer job. Mm -hmm. And... Um, Basically, I heard all these sirens in my apartment, and then I turned on the TV and and saw what was happening. Um, but the thing is, the all the the phone lines went down, so you couldn't. I couldn't really hear from anyone from work. And so was your for, workplace open when it was? So normally my shift would be at four o'clock, and uh, all the young bankers and analysts, um, I would stay and order dinner for them and things like that. But I have like a moving story I, for, well, first for 24 hours, I didn't know if anyone I worked with was alive or not. Um, and fortunately they all were, but our building was Wait, did destroyed. you say fortunately or Fortunately, everyone was okay. Okay, Everyone Just was okay sure. that I worked with. But our, our building was actually destroyed. Where um, was it? It was the Deutsche Bank building. Um, and, but anyway, I ordered dinner for the, the young analysts who were staying late. The night before, um, they had been kind of getting on my nerves for a week or so, um, just little things as the receptionist. And so I knew they hated this one restaurant. And so on September 10th, I was like just trying to get under their skin because they'd annoyed me. And I ordered from this one restaurant called Burritoville mm -hmm. and they hated it. And so I on September 10th, sure. they called me and they were like, what's for dinner? They would call the desk and I would say, it's Burritoville tonight, boys. <laughs> and they would go, oh, no, and like hang up the phone. Um, I don't know why they didn't like it. It was I thought it was great. The you place know, on get, John like, Street, fat, right? Yeah, you'd get like a, a yeah, catering fat of place. guacamole and beef. Um, I think it was partly because Forks. you had to assemble it and all that. So yeah. it might have been the assembly thing. But anyway, um, so yeah, I also don't show, like to assemble my well, They made a show of getting Domino's pizza and stuff like that. And then the next morning, September 11th, happened. And I learned a big, big lesson. Um, you know, because I thought, oh my gosh, all of those young guys could be dead. What if because of me, their last meal was something they hated? 
And it really changed me. It made me realize no matter how annoying someone is to me or how mad they make me, I don't want to be a person who's like trying to be like needle people or be nasty to them or order them something they don't like. It made me realize that I want to be a person who's sweet and, and tries to make things good because I really get it. You know, like you never know when someone's going to be gone, they could be gone the next day. And so that when you really think about that and take it in, um, you can can change how you treat people. You know, think like, what if this person, this is their last day on earth, how do I want to treat them today? It's kind of like your heart grew two sizes that day. Exactly, I was a Grinch before. So, um, <laughs> you know, if anything good happened, it was just realizing that lesson. So, um, you know, but just scary, scary day, of course, always sticks with all of us. Yeah. It's a great story. Yeah. Yes! Wow, a lot of bells. Uh, it is time for, is it time for question number five? That was four or five? Or was it three? I think we're up to five. I think we're up to five. Yes, we are up, up to, to five. five. Uh, how did you find out that you were allergic? <laughs> I'm highly allergic to a lot of things. Um, I really enjoy I mean, was there something that set that off in childhood? Yeah. In childhood, mm -hmm. well, yeah, in childhood, um, like... I had asthma, and when fall would come, my lips would turn blue, and I found out I was allergic to maple leaves, but I had to go to the hospital because I wasn't breathing, mm -hmm. um, and just a series of allergies ever since then. In terms of being allergic to shellfish, that's mm -hmm. probably the most compelling because it involves a lot of vomiting. Um, I wasn't allergic to shellfish until I was about tw in my 20s. And so I grew up down south, loved eating shrimp, oysters, all of that good stuff. So you were eating shellfish yeah, and was, having a good time until, until your 20s. And then I had oysters one time, and it was like all night projectile vomiting, um, just like horrible. But I was in denial. I thought maybe I had one bad oyster. And was so it an immediate reaction? Did you like eat the oyster and then immediately start vomiting? Or was it you ate the oyster, they set for a while? It was oh, about and, one hour, a delay. Uh -huh. So, which was enough time again. to like get in my friend's car and then be like getting sick out the window of the car. And then, and then you actually yeah. tried it again. Well, I was in denial because you know How sometimes you can get a bad oyster. Um, I think probably ten times. Wow, ten. you don't, well, you, you I, don't I learn your lesson, do you? Don't you love shellfish? Yeah, and it just makes <laughs> you me... You just kept vomiting well, and kept is, trying again. I love, like, oysters and <laughs> shrimp so much that I don't, sometimes I'm even like, maybe it would be worth it. I don't, even, <laughs> believe, I don't even believe you that it was ten times. I, it sounds like this went on for years. <laughs> <laughs> it, took you, uh, it took you around ten times to learn your lesson. Maybe around ten times. But maybe then, around ten then, years. Um, I finally started getting allergy shots, and so I went to this place, and it was in Williamsburg, mm -hmm. and it was... You have to sit there for 30 minutes You have after the shots to make sure you don't go into anaphylactic shock. So it's this lounge or waiting room where all these people are just sitting there reading or looking at their phones. Um, but in Williamsburg, there are a lot of like artists and musicians there. Um, so it was just kind of a strange scene, just everyone kind of eyeing each other. Are you going into anaphylactic shock next? <laughs> <laughs> well, and let me guess, after you got your shot, you went straight to the shellfish again and started throwing up everywhere. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. I haven't done it yet. 
I'm gonna say no bell on that question. <laughs> Why not? Uh, oh, because you are obviously you projectile you, vomiting. You obviously uh, did not learn your lesson the first time you threw up, and you kept going back. I mean, <laughs> I'm not gonna reward years. that type of activity. That type I'm not of going to reward. Not something that we like to reinforce here. Hey, Victor, here. do you and Dov, do you want to go out for shellfish with me after? This? Yeah, we'd love to okay. watch. You I would not like to because yourself. I am also allergic to shellfish. Okay. I'd love so to watch both of you throw up. I do not want to go. Uh, what happens when you eat shellfish, Victor? Uh, my throat closes, I sweat, I get fevers, and if I eat too much, I will pass out. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, it's not Do you a, have an EpiPen? I don't. Okay. I, I, I don't. I'm not, I'm not so severely allergic that okay. I need an EpiPen, but I'm allergic enough that if I eat, an, if, if I eat a lot, then I will have a problem. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, but uh, let's move past that, shall okay. we? Okay. <laughs> uh, time for question number six. Uh-oh. What is something that people dislike about you? Like, you get those strongly in there. That's fine. Strongly dislike. I'm trying to think of about what people have told me. The many, many things they've told me. Does, does anyone like? I don't like how you throw up. From <laughs> I eating this crap. Before. I haven't heard that one before. Well, do you need any help? Do you want us to go around the room and? Ask? I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, sometimes I worry too much, and that can mm-hmm. get on my friends' nerves. Okay. You know, stop worrying so much about everything. Um, Chill out, calm down. Don't. Do you have an instance where you worried so much that someone had to step in and say, "Hey, stop that"? Um, yeah, oh, I mean, probably my mom would be like, "You are worrying too much about that. Stop." It would probably be a thing that a mom, my mom, would say to me. Is that the person who normally yeah. restrains you? Um, I, <laughs> what? What? physical restraint. It's That's a what I meant. Ja- That's she, what, she I didn't mean mental. <laughs> so you have a, like a, your own one at home. <laughs> but do you have an example of a time where where you're worrying about something and your mother was like, "Hey, don't worry about that." Um, probably, probably thousands of examples. Uh, you a specific example? Can you give us eighteen of them? Eighteen. Not necessary to eighteen. By the way, you can ignore Dave as much as you like. <laughs> no, you're not supposed to remember. Uh, probably. Probably specifically, um, you know, I think especially growing up, just panicking about having a test or panicking about something that I had to, you know, or a job interview, something Mm -hmm. like that. Panicking about um, learning to drive, whatever, you know, a a whole plethora of neuroses. Are you done growing up? (laughs) No. Are you done growing up? Not yet. You want to ask that question one more time, Dave? Are you done growing up? Okay, that's good enough. Specific worry, I think... um, I used to worry about things like a tsunami hitting in the middle of the night, even though I was in Richmond, Virginia, which is not by the coast. And this would be as a little kid. And I would ah. be crying like the tsunami is coming. And that would be the kind of thing where my mom would definitely say you don't need that, to worry. I used to worry about nuclear nuclear yeah, war those as a kid. visions from mm-hmm. the future. Yeah. That's all they are. Yeah, fi- it's house just fires, you being psychic and knowing things. what's going to happen in thirty years. <laughs> oh, but now you get a chance to That's worry about nuclear is. war as an adult. So yeah, it's re- legitimate. So congratulations, I guess. <laughs> congratulations, you guys, duck and cover. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to say no bell on that question. Okay. I'll tell you why because it took so long to uh, pull out a specific story. I know. So, I mean, I was you waiting. Know, I I can't even. Yeah, it was forever. I was in anaphylactic shock. That wasn't That's the why same. It took even longer. Sh- that from wasn't all the, the oyster wow, talk. Wow! Now with the lies. The shellfish talk made me allergic. You can't blame down, the shellfish for what you said. <laughs> we have asked you six questions. Uh, it's time to f- decide whether or not you get five dollars. But before we do that, will you tell people again where they can find you out on the internet? 
Um, I would love it if you check out my paintings on Instagram and Twitter at Meg's Paintings. It's M-E-G-G-S-P-A-I-N-T-I-N-G-S. Or my personal page is at Elizabeth Meg's. You're a good speller. <laughs> You've impressed Dave. All right, so... Okay, let's figure out whether or not uh, you get $5. Dave, what do you think? Should Elizabeth get $5? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Ah. Is there a reason? I'm very disappointed right now. Ah. And why is that? You know why. Okay, well. Uh, Nick, what do you think? Yes. Should Elizabeth... Oh. Support the arts. Oh, support the Help arts. A starving artist. Oh, are you starving? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You seem you seem okay. <laughs> what do you think? Should Meg get five dollars? I think so. I like her energy. Minuin is uh, agreeing that you should get five dollars. Rachel, what do you think over there? When I grow up, I'm going to be an astronaut. Oh. So yes. <laughs> nice, Rachel. How does that how does that apply exactly? Because in the first question, mm -hmm. y'all are talking about space. S space paintings, yeah. Yeah. So I want to go into space. You just been dwelling on that the entire time. <laughs> So I pick these things. So I pick you, one, one topic. So you want to go into space painting? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Meg, this $5 is not for you. Ha <laughs> ha. And I'll tell you why. Because you're so bright and sunny, I wanted to do something that brought a frown to your face. Yeah. That's yep. so mean. Continue I know. I'm so sorry. Ruined. But it just happened. It is what it is. Will you buy me I, a I regret it immediately, but I can't go back. Will you buy me a drink after this, though? No. Oh, absolutely. Okay, then All we're right. good. <laughs> Thanks for appearing on the show. Bye, Victor Varno. So we're going to do I a quick... I love you and Dave. And? Dave. So, Dave, Dave, what did you learn from the show this week? Space paintings... Caveman paintings. Um, oh my gosh. We have all these new tricks to not give people money, uh, <laughs> which I like. Okay, so why don't you have people? Why don't you want you to close out? Yeah, well, everybody come by Victor's tonight. Big party. Okay. See you at eight. Look us up on six, six, <laughs> at six unseemly on all social media all and unseemlyquestions.com. And please rate and review on iTunes. Do it now. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.